0: Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. We hope to enrich your life through reaching, serving, giving, and building. As you listen to this teaching, be inspired to fulfill your God-given destiny through the power of His Word. All right, all right. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, we've been in a series, in fact, we kicked it off last week. It's a series called First Things First. First Things First. And right here at the beginning of the year, we felt like it was most important to talk about first things that are the most important things. Last week, we talked about the priority of prayer. Um, This week, I want to talk to you about fasting. Now, wait a second. Y'all were shouting me. Where's that? Come on, somebody preach, preacher stuff now. Oh, it's getting quiet in this church today. The title of the message, if you're taking notes, I want to talk to you about life in the fast lane. Life in the fast lane. It's interesting how when you're fasting, it seems like things slow down. If you miss a meal, how many of you know the day drags? But sometimes God has to slow some things down in the natural so he can accelerate some things in the spirit realm. And we'll talk about fasting and the role that that plays in the life of the church and how we walk that out in a practical way and the purpose behind it. But Matthew chapter 6, and as you're getting ready, you know, I, just, I thought of a, a couple of things as it relates to food. Have you ever noticed how food is the centerpiece of our culture? Is it not? Especially here in the South. Now, I moved to Louisiana 30 years ago from the Midwest. Everybody say, God bless the Midwest. They're great people, hardworking people, but they don't have a clue when it comes to food. I got here 30 years ago and thought I was in heaven. I'm telling you, the culture here in South Louisiana, we know about food, do we not? Have you ever noticed that every good moment is connected to food? You know, if somebody graduates from high school, what do we do? Oh, afterwards, we're going to go eat somewhere, right? You know, if somebody has a birthday, birthday party, where are we going to go eat? You know, somebody has a baby. You know, we dedicated all these babies. I know you families have made plans for after the service, we're going to go eat. Every happy moment is connected to food. Every sad moment is connected to food. You know, you have a funeral. Somebody's going to bring over the potato salad. Right? Somebody's going to bring over a bucket of chicken. If somebody's sick or in the hospital, you know, you know, somebody's struggling through health issues. Listen, can I can I cook you a meal? Every happy moment's connected to food. Every sad moment is connected to food, and every moment in between is connected to food. It's the very centerpiece of our culture. In fact, today we have a channel that is twenty four seven dedicated to food. How many of you love to watch the Food Network? Oh yes, we do. We love to eat food. We love to watch how food is being prepared. I mean, all the different shows on the Food Network. I mean, you got shows like Chopped, shows like Cupcake Wars or Cake Boss. Um, you've got Cook or Con. Are you really a cook? Or are you just faking me out? And now they throw kids into these shows. You know, they got a little junior. You know, competing. These ten-year-old kids. Are you kidding me? Ten-year-old kids that are preparing like. Beef Wellington with a green peppercorn sauce. Oh, and I've got some warm, wilted winter greens with some pomegranate seeds. With a little reduction sauce here. I mean, you're 10 years old for crying out loud. When I was 10, I was hunting a bag of Cheetos. Beef Wellington are for real? I mean food is very central to everything we know and love. In fact, I love pasta. How many love pasta out here? I love it so much they call me Pasta Mike. I know that was cheesy. Look, cheese. See it's in our metaphors, cheese. That's crazy. You know, in fact, when you think about it, from the very beginning of time, how did the devil get Adam and Eve to fall into sin? Come on now. It was over food. It was the fruit of a tree that became the stumbling back block for all humanity. And when we talk about fasting, I realize that there may be, uh, there may be some resistance There may be some misunderstanding, but today I want to expose maybe some of the misinformation that's out there, and I want to warm your heart up to a practice that I believe God has given us as a church, as the body of Christ, that can tap into some supernatural things. If you're taking notes, I want you to jot this down. I guarantee you one thing will happen when you fast. You will get hungry. How many of you know when we, the, the preacher starts talking about fasting, you can already hear your stomach talk to you? In fact, I thought about titling this message instead of calling it Life in the Fast Lane. I thought about calling it The Fast and the Furious. Because when you're fasting, how many of you, you get a little furious, you get a little angry? Yeah, if I don't have food at the right time, sometimes my attitude begins to talk to me. And I've discovered in life there are two kinds of people. There are those who eat to live... And then there are others who live to eat. How many of you, you eat to live? Yeah, this is Rachel. She doesn't even think about food. In fact, it's crazy because I've heard her. There's some days, it's like three in the afternoon, and she'll say, I forgot to eat lunch. I'm like, really? That, fellas, how many of you have never once ever said that in your life? Listen, when I'm eating breakfast... I'm already making plans for lunch. You kidding me? I don't need to live. I live to eat. and, And so when somebody starts messing with my food, now wait a second, pastor, what you doing now? I've already got lunch plans and you're talking about fasting. Don't put some religious bondage on me. You know, we're seven days into a 21-day prayer and fasting journey. And it's interesting. Monday night, some of the guys got together. I got invited to a friend's house. Listen, come watch the, the national championship game. Watch Clemson and Alabama, and, and we're, we're going to get together and hang out. And so I brought Trevor over to the house, and, and we were hanging out with friends. And, and so, uh, you know, they're grilling. All the guys are hanging around the grill. The guy went on a duck hunt, so we got duck on the grill. You know, and it's got nice butter sauce, olive oil, little Tony's on it. That ain't right. Then he killed a deer, so it's got like deer fillets and cutlets, got deer sausage, and everybody's hanging out over there. I'm thinking, I'm fasting. And then some guy walks in with not one, but two king cakes. I'm rebuking devils in Jesus' name. Trevor's like, Dad, can I have a slice of that king cake? I was like, Yes. So I went over there and I'm just cutting that king keg. Give me a moment, son. Cutting that king keg, gave him a little slice of it. And afterward, you know, the knife has to be cleaned, you know, just. um, Thank you, Lord. Lord, you see my heart. What is it about fasting? what's the, the mystery of fasting? How can we unveil the, the power behind it? Look at what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. Look at what he said in verse 16. He's talking in one of his most famous sermons. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And there were lots of people that were gathered, and Jesus was unpacking kingdom thoughts that at that time the people had never heard of. I mean, they almost didn't know what to, what to do with Jesus when he starts talking about blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when you hunger and thirst after righteousness, for you'll be filled. And then we read in Matthew 6, verse 16, he says this, and when you fast, when you fast, don't make it obvious. The hypocrites do that. You know, they, they try to look miserable and all disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth. Somebody say truth. Aren't you glad that Jesus gives us truth? He doesn't give us what's politically correct. He doesn't try to put any spin on anything. There's no smoke and mirrors. He's going to tell it like it is. He says, I tell you the truth. That's the only reward they'll ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, then no one will notice that you're fasting except your father. And he knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything. Somebody say everything. You know, there's not a single thing. There's not a single experience or episode in our life that has slipped by a loving, watchful God. Your father who sees everything will reward you. Can I have an amen for the reading of the word? Now, I want to give you three simple thoughts that I think can direct our understanding and our conversation this morning as it relates to life in the fast lane. But it centers around these three verses. And I want you to see this. If you take a note, write this down. Number one, fasting is normal. It's normal. Okay. Notice Jesus said, and when you fast. He said when you fast, not if you fast. It's almost as if Jesus had an expectation that his followers, if you love me and you follow me, you will fast. Just like you pray, just like you give. Fasting is part of the normal Christian experience. Sometimes I I, I think when it comes to this topic, we reserve it for the spiritually elite. The who's who of the Christian zoo. You know, the, the mighty men of God. In, in, in the Old Testament, you know, that was for Moses. That was for Elijah. That was for the disciples of Jesus' day. There's no way I could even be considered worthy of that realm. Fasting is for the Navy SEALs of Christianity. Can I tell you this? Fasting is for normal people just like you and me. It's not reserved for for, for the Army Rangers, you know, the Marines. It's reserved for everyday ordinary people. I think there's a misconception that says only the spiritual fanatic will fast. Jesus thought everybody who follows me will serve me in this practice. He says when you fast. I want you to know many people in the Old Testament, they fasted when they had a special need or an emergency. If you remember, King David fasted for the life of his son." Esther fasted whenever she presented herself to the king, hopefully to spare the life of her people. Uh, The Bible says that the entire city of Nineveh, all of the Ninevites fasted because Jonah had predicted God would bring judgment unless they repented of their sins. And so as a sign of repentance, they fasted before the Lord. Some people fasted, in the Bible, to receive revelation or to receive special knowledge or direction from God. Consider Moses. Whenever Moses went up to the top of Mount Sinai and God gave him the Ten Commandments, those those laws written in stone. That became the framework of so many judicial systems across the world. It shaped and influenced our country thousands of years later. But before God gave Moses the revelation of the Ten Commandments, Moses spent time fasting before the Lord. If you study the book of Daniel, you'll see Daniel is another major player. If somebody had dreams, if, if Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, or Belshazzar had a dream, or King Darius had a dream, they can Daniel. Daniel, we know that the spirit of the gods is in you. Tell us what this dream means. And the Bible says that God brought revelation to Daniel as he prayed and he fasted. Jesus fasted before he began his earthly ministry. Now, this may be more familiar to most of us because we know that Jesus was led of the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days. And he prayed and he fasted. And in that moment of of after 40 days of fasting, when his body was physically weak, the devil came to him and tempted him. Now, he made Jesus at that time, because of physical hunger, may have been weak in his body, but he was strong in spirit. And though the enemy may come against you and come against your flesh, your flesh may be weak, but fasting makes your spirit willing and strong. Before he launched his earthly ministry, which was powerful and changed the world over, Jesus fasted. You know what that tells me? Fasting brings spiritual alignment Before public assignment. There's an alignment that takes place in our thinking, in our spirit. We are positioned before God. Alignment comes through fasting. Then God releases an assignment in our call or in our ministry. Even Jehoshaphat, he fasted before the the children of Israel were engaged in a battle. They were surrounded by three enemies. And the Bible says that Jehoshaphat required the nation of Israel to fast before they fight some of you are in a battle maybe you're in a season where you're surrounded by the enemy on every side and god may be drawing you to sacrifice some things to to maybe to to to, to give up a meal or or maybe take that time that you would have spent eating breakfast and invest that time in god's word let me tell you fasting is normal everybody say normal turn your neighbor and say you can do this now, I want to tell you this. The focus of fasting, watch this. The focus is not simply the absence of food. It's the presence of Jesus. We can get all fixated on food and say, oh my gosh, pastor's asking me to give up my cat and crunch. My Cheerios, don't take my Cheerios from me, pastor. Don't fixate on food. Fasting is not about the absence of food. It's about the presence of Jesus. If all we're going to do is give up lunch, but we're not going to seek God, I'm going to tell you, that's not fasting. It's called a diet. Are you in me? And there's nothing wrong with dieting. But I'm telling you, the purpose of fasting is so that we can say no to our flesh in order to say yes to our spirit. It's about saying, you know what? God, I want more of you in my life. And so it's not about the food that we give up, but it's about the spirit of God that we begin to gather. You see, every time I fast, I get hungry. I have been hungry this week. Really hungry. But, you know, every time my stomach begins to growl, every time a hunger pain hits my belly, it reminds me that my hunger for God is greater. God, as much as I love lunch... Oh, Lord, I love your spirit and presence in me even more. I may miss a meal this year, but I will not miss God. And it's about saying, Lord, I'm serious about this. I'm serious. I'm serious. When you take away somebody's meal, how many know that's serious business? Okay, God, I want you to know when it comes to this thing that I'm seeking you for in my life, whether it's wisdom, whether it's knowledge, maybe you need direction for your job. Maybe you're believing for a breakthrough for one of your children. It may be financial. Lord, I need a financial breakthrough this year. I'm serious about this. I'm going to enter a time of prayer and fasting. And when you say that, God knows that you mean business. And it's almost as if heaven lends its ear. To what's concerning us. I love it. And I believe that this 21 days of prayer and fasting that we're currently in, I believe 21 days can change our life forever. I believe a moment in God's presence can change your life forever. In fact, you know, we've been praying this week and it's amazing to see the hunger the appetite for God that's in this church. And there's a lady that's been coming to early morning prayer. We've been gathering Monday through Friday at 6 o'clock, and she has not missed a single day of prayer. And she doesn't have a vehicle. Her car is in the shop, but she Ubers to the prayer meeting every day. When I heard that, I thought, Lord. You know, for somebody to fast and somebody to Uber to the prayer meeting, that says, God, I'm serious. And when life gets difficult in you, when you've got things that you're desperate for, I'm going to tell you this. Desperate people take desperate measures. If, if you want to, 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 to get what you've always got, then you just keep on doing what you've always done. But if this year you're saying, you know what, in 2017, I can't have a repeat of last year. God, i got to, I got to see something different. i got to experience something different. I've got to walk in something different. than God's saying this, then I want you to do something different. Sometimes you have to try something you've never done before to walk in something you've never experienced before. Does that make sense? And and, and so that's the purpose and the value of fasting is to center our focus on the Lord. Uh, The writer of Psalms says it this way in Psalm 34 verse 8. The Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, taste and see. God says, I've got some good things I've been cooking up for you this year. And you know what? If you say no to a meal here on earth, I think you can say yes to something I've been cooking for you up in heaven. Experience the goodness of God this year like never before. Now you say, well, Mike, what do I fast? When you say fast, what do you mean? Well, in the Bible, there are different kinds of fast. Uh, There's the total fast, which means no food or no water. There's uh, the food fast, which says, I'm going to only intake fluids, juices and liquids, but I'm fasting food. And then there's the partial fast, which many of us are doing. Daniel fasted select and choice foods. He didn't didn't eat the, the meat from the king's table, but he ate fruits and vegetables. But I will say this, before you endeavor to fast, consult your doctor. You know, you need to have some good input. Don't get out there and say, you know what? I'm going to do a total fast for 40 days. And then, you know, you're on medication or, you know, you got some blood pressure things going on. Man, day two into this total fast could be a wreck for you. All right. Some of you, and this is not about guilt. So watch this. Some of you are like, well, pastor, medically, I can't fast food. That's fine. Again, it's not about the absence of food. It's about the presence of Jesus. Maybe God's saying for you to fast the internet or fast that TV that you've been watching or fast social media. So I'm like, nah, I think I'll give up a hamburger before I give up Facebook. But the idea is sacrificing something sacrificing something you enjoy, and then dedicating that time to seek the Lord. You say, well, pastor, how long does that need to last? Again, the Bible offers different lengths of fasting. There are some fasts. Jesus fasted 40 days. Daniel fasted 21 days. Esther fasted three days. It's not about the length of the fast, but the spirit and heart behind it is that we press into Jesus. You know, you're going to have to press into some things this year. When you feel pressed by life, you're going to have to press in to the presence of God. So it's not about what you fast or how long you fast. Now, let me give you some some errors when it comes to fasting. This is the not list, okay? Fasting is not about punishing your body. Well, I just got to beat my body down to show the Lord how much I love him. Can I tell you, Jesus took all the beating that was deserved for you and me when he died on the cross So it's not about you punishing your body. Uh, Here's the second thing it's not about. It's not about us earning God's favor. Well, Lord, I gave up lunch yesterday, so now you owe it to me to give me this. I'm single, and I'm saved, and I'm searching. So, God, if I fast for 21 days, you promised I'm believing for a husband. I'm believing for a wife. How many of you know fasting is not about bargaining with God? You see, fasting is not for God's benefit. It's for ours. It's about adjusting our perspective toward his. And I tell you this, fasting is not about guilt or condemnation. Some of you are like, well, you know what, Pastor? I've tried to fast, and it's not worked out well for me. Maybe you've gone two or three days into it, and the wheels have just fallen off. I talked to a guy the other day. He said, you know what? Day two into my fast, I just walked into my pantry and just started looking around. Oh, of everything that I couldn't eat. And finally, I laid eyes on a bag of Oreos. And those Oreos started talking to me. He said, Pastor, I don't know what came over me, but in 30 seconds, I slammed that whole bag of Oreos. And I had to throw the package away so nobody would know. Listen, don't get legalistic when it comes to a fast. I remember probably 15 years ago, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, we were doing college ministry here at the church, and I was bringing some of our college students through a a season of fasting, and we were seeking uh, the Lord in early morning prayer at 5 a.m. down at the Annex. And so about day three or four into this fast, and probably about 15 guys, college guys, were all praying. How many know when you're fasting, if you miss a meal, you can smell food for a mile away? You drive by Merrily Donuts, and man, you can smell they've dropped that dough. Come on, talk to me. And, and so we, I walk into the annex, five o'clock in the morning, and I, what's that smell? And I look back, and in the very back row, one of the guys had a plate in his lap. I'm like, hey, psst, what is that? He's like, oh, 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 oh Pastor, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, I made an omelet before prayer this morning. And I I just, I had to eat me a little something. I'm like, dude, we're fasting and you bring an omelet to the prayer meeting. He's like, Oh, Oh my my bad. Do you want me to put it away? I said, no man, it's too late. The Bible says, if you look at an omelet and lust, you've already committed breakfast in your heart. Come on, scattered, smothered, chunk, covered, chunked, and diced, and topped. I was in Waffle House in my spirit. He said, man, I messed up. Oh, so what? So, so you try and you fail. Get up and try again. Man, so you fall off the wagon. Listen, the wagon will circle back around. Get back on board. Man, it's all about pressing in and seeking him. Can I have a good amen? amen. Somebody say, it's normal. normal. Oh, I love it. Notice what Jesus says next. He says, when you fast, not if, when you fast, he said, don't make it obvious like the hypocrites do, for they try to look all miserable. The Amplified says they make up their faces like actors. They're pretending. They try to look all miserable. Man, just, I mean, uh, this is torture. This is brutal. Look at how spiritual I am. Not only is fasting normal, number two, fasting is personal. Fasting is personal. Fasting is about you and the Lord. Now, this is where it gets to be a little bit challenging because we live in a world that publicizes everything. Do we not? There's nothing personal or private anymore. Everything is public. Through Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and social media, we put out anything and everything. Look at where I am. Look at who I'm with. Look at what I'm doing. Even take a picture of a plate of food. Look at what I'm about to eat. And all those things are great. And if you, you know, if you take those pictures and post those things, that's fine. I'm not trying to bring any pressure on you to stop. But when it comes to fasting, fasting is not to be publicized. That's what the hypocrites did. You know, almost as if they got more points if it hurt. You know, the, the, the religious idea that says if you go to church, it's got to be painful. Because you can't go to church and leave feeling good. That means it must be just secular. That church is just about it. That's that feel-good church over there. No, you got to go to the house of God and you got to feel beat down. There. Now that's what I'm talking about. Be miserable in Jesus' name. Man, I thought the world beat you down enough. I think when you come to the house of God, you ought to be encouraged. You ought to be edified. I'm not talking about not receiving conviction. How many know the Holy Ghost will deal with you? But he's dealing with you. And it's personal. It's for you. It's about you. It's what God's doing in you. You don't have to broadcast it to everybody else. You see, uh, my concern is this. We got too much show and tell. We don't have enough hide and seek. Now, I love both games growing up as a kid. I love hide and seek, and I love show and tell. But God's telling us as a church, if you will hide and seek, then I'll give you something to show and tell. Too many times we're trying to show and tell. And it's God, God's like, whoa, 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 time out. If you'll hide yourself in me, if you'll seek me first. This isn't for publicity. Sometimes we go through adversity. God says that's not for publicity. This is personal. Why don't you turn to me? Invest yourself in me. You see, the goal of fasting is to pursue intimacy. I want you to think about this. It's a beautiful word, intimacy. It literally means into me. See We're saying, God, I want you to look into me and see. This is about God revealing himself to you as you reveal yourself to him. Is this making sense? And it's not to be broadcast. Look at how spiritual I am. I'm telling you, a religious spirit, the only thing it cares about is the outside. only thing a religious spirit cares about is appearances. But God cares about the inside. God's primary concern is not how you dress up the outside, but what's going on inside of you. And that's what I love about this church, because I feel like when you come here, hopefully you sense authenticity. You sense people that keep it real. And if you're struggling, it's okay to confess your struggle and it's okay to present it to the Lord. You're not going to be judged. You're going to be helped. Intimacy allows us to bear our soul to God, and it doesn't worry about the opinions of others. John 12, 42, the Bible says this, Many people did believe in Jesus, however, including some of the Jewish leaders, but they wouldn't admit it for fear that the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogue. Watch this, watch this. For they loved human praise more than the praise of God. It's a dangerous thing when you care more about the approval of man than you do of the approval of God. I think we forfeit the favor of God when we seek to please man. Fasting is all about Jesus. This is for you. Jesus, this is unto you. And Lord, this is all about you. It's for an audience of one. Are you with me? You see, I'm not trying to get your attention when I fast. I'm not up here saying, oh, look at how much weight I've lost in the last seven days. I'm skin and bones. Aren't I religious? I'm not trying to compare my holiness to your holiness. I'm not trying to compare my sacrifice to your sacrifice. I'm not trying to get your attention. I'm trying to get God's attention. How many of you, you need God's attention this year in 2017? Regardless of what man says or does or thinks, Lord, not only is, is fasting normal, God, this is for me, but number two, fasting is personal. Now, here's the third and final thought. Has this been helping anybody today? The final thought, number three, write this down. Number three, fasting is powerful. It's powerful. It's normal, it's personal, and it's powerful. Look at what the scripture says. Jesus finishes this little section of scripture by saying this, and your father who sees Everything will reward you. Or the Amplified says it this way. Your father who sees what you do in secret will reward you in the open. God sees your personal sacrifice. And he says, you know what? Because you've hidden yourself in me, now I'm going to bless you. And not just in the corner or in a closet. I'm going to bless you openly. You see, you need to know this. When you fast, powerful things happen. I'm telling you, fasting, it's almost as if fasting brings you to another level. And I know some of you are, are believing that this year, in 2017, that God's going to bring you to another level. How many of you, that, that, that's somewhere in your heart, there's a desire, there's a passion, there's a dream to come up higher with God? Lord, I want to go to another level in you. It's amazing how fasting is a tool that seems to get us to another level. There are rewards. The Bible says God who sees what you do in secret will reward you. Can I tell you about the rewards of fasting? We talk about the food and the sacrifice and and all those challenges that come along with it. Sometimes we, we have to say no to our flesh so that we can say yes to the spirit. I'm going to tell you this. When you say no to a certain area of your flesh, whether it's TV, whether it's social media, internet, or whether it's lunch, when you say no to something here on earth, God says yes to something in heaven. And what he says yes to is your reward. Some of you are here today and you're desperate for wisdom. You need wisdom in 2017. You've got to have wisdom because you're making some important decisions, not just for you, but for your family, for your future. Some of you this year, the next 12 months, could determine the next 12 years. And if you don't have wisdom, you're in trouble. And so you're saying, God, give me wisdom. Some of you are needing revelation. God, you got to reveal some things to me. I I can't just, in my natural mind, discern what it is that I'm supposed to know. God, you got to reveal these things to me by your Spirit. And as you pray and as you fast, you get wisdom, you get revelation, knowledge. Some of you are needing direction. You're needing direction. I remember years ago, about six years ago, maybe seven years ago now, Rachel and I were at an intersection with our kids as it relates to school, and we had some important decisions to make on where our kids would attend. I just felt like that the environment of their education was not only going to shape their mind, but that environment would also shape their spirit. And so as moms and dads, I mean, that's one of the most important decisions we'll make is the environment we create for our kids. And Rachel and I had very different thoughts about what that looked like. She had one thought. I had another. I said, you know what? We need to pray and seek God. So we prayed and we fasted. I mean, I felt like my kids were worth it. And, and so and they're looking to me as a representative of God. And so we prayed and we fasted and we sought the help of God. And you know what? After that season of prayer and fasting, God put us on the same page. And he confirmed exactly where our kids needed to be. And so that was a big, Lord, thank you. The reward for fasting was wisdom and discernment. I remember when my son, and I, I shared this with you, it was over a year ago. But uh, the doctors were very concerned. On a routine checkup, Rachel's in the doctor's office and... And she knew something wasn't right because different medical professionals kept coming into the room. And they finally said, "Uh, excuse me, ma'am, where's your husband? You probably need to get your husband as we give you this report. And so we thought we were going to have to fly to Boston and he would have uh, open heart surgery. He was eight years old, seven, eight years old at the time. You know, when you get news like that, I mean, your world stops. What did we do? We stepped, things got serious. They were serious in our life. And so we said, God, we're serious about needing your help. We entered a season of prayer and fasting. And again, fasting is not trying to bargain with God. Lord, if I give up lunch, you're going to heal my son. It was, Lord, I'm giving up lunch to seek you on behalf of my son. And whatever your will is for his life, give us the grace and the strength to walk in that. Now, thankfully, the hand of God was on his life. We didn't have to go to Boston. In fact, the doctor said he can eat, he can play. There are no restrictions on his life. You know, let him be a normal eight-year-old kid. But you know what? It was by prayer and fasting that God brought direction and alignment to us. There's something about prayer and fasting. It's that combination one-two punch. Tell you this, fasting disconnects you from the world. Prayer connects you to God. Sometimes we have a hard time connecting to God because we haven't disconnected from the world. Fasting allows me to unplug from the noise of the world, and it allows me to amplify the voice of God. You receive that today? Let me close. I'm going to ask the band to come up because I want to pray over you. In Mark chapter 9, in this final passage, and here's where we see something significant about fasting father brought his son to the disciples because this son was troubled Bible says that he was was tormented by an evil spirit and this evil spirit would throw this kid on the ground throw him into the fire try to kill him try to drown him I mean the boy was just he was harassed and tormented by an evil spirit and so the, the father in desperation brings his child to the disciples for help hey these are powerful men these are men that have been with Jesus I need help The Bible says that these disciples couldn't do anything about it. And then Jesus comes down from the Mount of Transfiguration. He comes down with Peter, James, and John, and all this chaos is at the foot of the mountain, and this desperate dad says, Lord, would you help me and my son? Help us, Lord. Help us. I brought my son to your disciples, but they could do nothing for him. The Bible says at that moment, Jesus prayed over that boy, rebuked that evil spirit, and that boy fell onto the ground, and they thought he was dead. I mean, he just was lifeless. And everybody was in shock and amazement. And then that boy's eyes opened, and he got back up. And Jesus gave this son back to his dad. And they embraced probably for the first time in a long time. And they had peace. And that dad said, Lord, thank you for giving my boy back. You know, afterwards, the Bible says when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples... Bible says that they asked him, Lord, why couldn't we cast out that devil? We saw what you did. Why couldn't we cast that devil out? And Jesus replied, this kind can only be cast out by what? Prayer and fasting. Can I tell you this? Fasting gives you power over the devil. And I don't know what darkness has come against you. But when you pray and when you sacrifice and fast, that is a combination of dynamic power. And I'm just believing that this year, God's going to give you the power you need to live and to operate and to function in the fullness of your calling. Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to healingplacechurch.org or give us a call at 225-753-2273.